0: The Warriors get blown out by the Lakers. What now? An extremely busy offseason. Lots of questions. Let's go. Oh, yes. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. You're probably still down. The Warriors out of the playoffs. I thought I'd take a couple of days and decompress and then give you the facts. I'm going to help you out. Over the next, I don't know, 30 minutes, however long we go tonight, we are going to look at the offseason. A lot of questions. A lot of Joe Lake of money. A lot of Draymond Green, Bob Myers, Jordan Poole, all that kind of stuff. We'll do a quick season review, but then we'll get into everything you care about. Are they going to stay relevant? Is Joe going to pay? What happens with all these different questions that will be asked? But thank you so much. Whether and however you are listening or watching, YouTube channel, all you have to do is search John Lund Unleashed. You've probably found me there, and we got a bunch of great little charts and kind of stuff like that. And you can see if you're watching on the YouTube channel, we got all sorts of things. Got the outline there to the left. By the way, I'm going with the disheveled look tonight. Sorry, uh, it was Mother's Day and had a bunch of stuff going on and people over and everything. And I, it, I wanted to, like I said, decompress a little bit so I got the disheveled look. If you are watching on the YouTube channel again, please subscribe, tell all your friends. We drop them uh, every day or when necessary, so make sure that you uh, watch the YouTube channel, tell all your friends, questions, comments, all those kind of things. Just comment under uh, each episode, and if you don't do it that way, then just hit at Radio on Twitter, questions, comments, thoughts. On anything we talk about, and I say this all the time, no matter how you're listening or watching, uh, I like differing opinions. I'm probably different in that way. I like saying, you know what, that's a great point, or you know what, I never thought of that. I'm not to the egotistical standpoint where I can't see, you know, maybe I was wrong, or you bring up a great point. Let's add that to the conversation. I like it. It's not my way or the highway kind of a thing. I like it. I like having the uh, the conversation. So if you're watching on the YouTube channel, thanks. John Lund Unleashed. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much. John Lund Unleashed, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast, And then check us out as well, KNBR 680, uh, KMBR.com, the new KNBR app, of course, in San Francisco with the voice of the 49ers, Greg at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., On KNBR 680, in a lot of different ways you can listen and you can watch there as well. So if you go to KNBR.com, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific, I'm on the YouTube channel there. we got the cameras in the studios, so you can check us out. Twitch, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. So uh, make sure that you either watch or listen to uh, KNBR 680, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So I'm all over the place. Lots of different ways you can catch me. So anyway, however you do it, thank you very much. Much appreciated. All right, let's start with the Warriors, and let's just start at the top. And again, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you can see Warriors offseason, three big stories, lake up Money, Dre, Poole, and you owe Curry. So let's just start with that over. I'm going to pop this up. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, there's just a quick overview. Uh, Draymond Green, player option at $27.5 million. You know that. Dante DiVincenzo, player option, $4.7 million. I'd be shocked if either of those guys opted in because with Draymond Green, $27.5 million. He may not be able to get more AAV, average annual value, but he'll certainly get a bigger contract. Question is, with their money issues, are the words the team that want to do that? Uh, DiVincenzo, same, same thing. I think he can make more money. Jamichael Green at $2 million. Uh, he probably wants a raise because of all the rules and being over the cap. They can all, only offer him about $3.4 million. It's probably not enough for him. Uh, Andre Igadala, if he wants to be a coach, I think that uh, it's run its course as far as his career is concerned. Great guy, nothing against him. I think that's just good night. It was nice. Uh, Ty Jerome, a restricted free agent, may, uh, is on the books for 2.1 million next year. That's the hold. I'll show you that in a minute. Anthony Lamb at 2.2. That's the hold. And Lester Cunones, the hold is 1.7 million. They have their own 19th pick in the first round, which they cannot move. Uh, they've moved a ton of picks to keep this thing going but the 19th pick they've got to take so that's going to be on the roster on the roster to me and i'll explain this further in a minute this is just a quick overview curry clay wiggins i have an asterisk by his uh, name which i'll get into in a minute uh looney gp2 moody again another asterisk uh kaminga another asterisk asterisk baldwin jr ryan rollins and i said the 19th pick not sure Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo, Jamichael Green, Anthony Lamb, Jerome, uh, Ty Jerome, and Caniones. As I said, no, I put under there. Andre Iguodala. So I'll get into that in a minute, and I'll play more of a. Uh, let me look, make sure that I have. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I'll 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 give you more explanation about that in a second, but let me just start with the three big off-season stories for the Warriors, and it starts with Joe Lacob's money, and I understand this because I've talked to owners about this before in every single sport. They're going, they'll pay a luxury tax. They have no issue with it. Well, they do, but they, they'll do it as long as a team is in a championship window. And I'll ask you this at John Lund Radio or comment wherever you'd like to comment on the YouTube channel or in the podcast. Is this a championship team? No, not to me. I mean, it's an older team. They struggled to win on the road. They can barely get through 82 games. It's not going to get better. I love Steph Curry, but... He's 35, going on 36 now next year. Draymond Green. All these guys have played a ton of games. Klay Thompson fell apart at the end. They were just tired. They won a championship the year before. They started the year in Japan. These aren't excuses. They're explanations. Started the year in Japan, and they don't really have an offseason. They train, but Klay Thompson goes to China because he's got the, the shoe. And Steph Curry's got a number of different endorsers, and even Draymond Green. He'll jump on TNT now, and, you know, All these different guys do all these different things, and it's not that basketball is an afterthought. It's not. It's not in second place in any of their lives, but they don't get much of a rest is the point in saying all those things, and they played into June, won a championship, got back quick, went to Japan, and and everything went going. That's not an excuse for playing the way that they did on the road. That's not an excuse for not closing out games, but it's a long season, and they got tired, and I hate that excuse. If you watch the podcast or listen to the show on KNBR with any regularity, I hate the tired excuse. I covered the Bulls and the, and the uh, Jazz and the NBA Finals. I covered the, the league for years. And I don't care if it was Utah or Detroit or Portland or any of these teams that I covered. Detroit won championships. the uh, The Bulls won championships when I covered their locker room. Nobody talked about Jordan being tired, maybe outside of the game where he got sick and ate bad pizza in Salt Lake City. Nobody ever talked about tired. Are you tired? Nobody even asked that question. They played 82 games. They played 42, 44, 45 minutes a night. Then they played the playoff games, and that was it. Nobody went, boy, they look tired. It wasn't asked. And the nutrition is better now, and the flights are better now, and the, the devices they use are better now. Everything's better now. Travel, all of it. And yet, we're always asking, are they tired? I don't like it. I just don't. I know it's the way it goes. It's that way in every single sport, but the reality of it is to me it just it, it, they train differently I know they know sometimes you know too much it, it, I think it's frustrating to a lot of people who have watched the game for a long time that look I'm not saying that they're not but it does as far as injuries are concerned same injuries you know it's not like injuries have gone down it's just we just know almost too much but anyway, so i'm not i'm not making an excuse that's not my main point here but I'm not making an excuse but they retired this has happened so Lakeups money is number one on the list. How much money is Joe will is Joe Lacobre and the group willing to pay for a team that's not going? They're not going to win a championship. This team, they, you can use all the excuses you want. They got another year older. Um, I'm going to talk about the Western Conference here in a few minutes as well. We'll get into that conversation and again. If you disagree at John Lund Radio or hit me up right under the uh, comments here on the show on the episode tonight. I this is not a championship level team. They almost got knocked out in the first round. Could have very easily uh, by Sacramento. And we'd be having probably even a more different conversation than we're already having. The Lakers came on late in the year. They're an older team too. And then I'll get into the Western Conference in a minute. But if you get knocked out in the second round, especially in the fashion that the Warriors did at the end, you're not a championship contending team. You're not. And you have work to do. And and any owner, and Joe Lacob has been, has thrown his money around. He's been very generous. Very generous. And hasn't complained a whole lot about it, but at some point he said $500 million. And by the way, if ev- here's the 500 million, num- $500 million number where it comes from. If everybody opts in, Draymond Green, Dante, DiVincenzo, they bring everybody back, the 19th pick, they all these restricted free agents they sign, and I'll give you a chart in just a second, he's looking at a $500 million payroll and tax bill next year. It's not going to happen. Not for a team that's not going to win a championship. There's going to be changes in the offseason. So, Lakeham's money is number one. Dre, $27.5 million. He's not opting into that. He's not. Because somebody, it, it, Sacramento could use him. Detroit could use him. His hometown. It, I've never seen Draymond be so nice to the opposition like he was. Anthony Davis, he defended. LeBron James, he defended. That wouldn't shock me whatsoever if he wanted to go to L.A. and, and pursue more opportunities as far as in front of the camera when he gets done and that's you know, that's why LeBron went there. It's where a number of guys go because that's what they want to do. They want to be around it. I don't know what Draymond Green's thinking about his future. I think he wants to play a few more years and then probably get into that. I mean he's gonna be a TNT. I know ESPN will probably try to give him as well because their pre half and post is atrocious. So I would imagine that you know he would they would try to get him to be their Charles Barkley. So there's gonna be a bidding war for his services, so he's gonna make a bunch of money. But right now, as far as what you're concerned as a Warriors fan He's not opting into a $27.5 million contract because he could probably get three and 75. And last time I checked, 75 is more than 27.5. So he may not get the annual average value. It might be three and 60. I don't know. Somebody might give him 20 a year, but again, 60 is more than 27. So it comes down to, will Joe Lacob say, you know what? Yeah, I'll pay for Draymond Green in the playoffs because he doesn't he doesn't really like the regular season. He's already said it. He doesn't really want to play during the regular season, but that's where he gets paid. The money is for the regular season, not the playoffs. And he only seems to be interested to play in the playoffs. And not ripping it, it's just a fact. So the organization's gonna have to make a decision. Do we keep it together? Uh Poole is is the next one on the list. His contract kicks in this year at four and one hundred and twenty three million dollars. After that performance, which was absolutely pathetic and terrible. And I don't know what it goes down. I don't know if it starts with the punch in the preseason. I, I don't know if he lacked confidence, which he never seems to. I have no idea what happened. And at some point, when they do the last dance, but a Warriors-style last dance, we'll find out. And maybe even we will before because if he gets moved. Any contract can be moved. Everybody always says, oh, that's an unmovable contract. Chris Paul was making $43 million and got moved. The thing they'd have to do with Poole if they want to move that contract, and I bet they want to move that contract – because he just doesn't seem to fit. And he was great last year. Or he was good. He wasn't great. He was good. And then they signed him to the contract, and I don't know what happened to the guy. But I I don't think he's a cornerstone or a centerpiece for the future, which we'll get into in a second as well, which they traded Wiseman, so that whole thing's out the window, and they wouldn't play Kaminga. Ridiculous. But we'll get into that in just a second. But as far as Poole, you're going to have to d- take a disgruntled player back. The exact same type of player that Jordan Poole is for the Warriors, you're going to have to take back. I'm not saying this is the guy, but like DeAndre Ayton is the scapegoat for the Suns. He's going to get moved in the offseason. Now, I don't know you go Ayton for Poole. I don't know that the Suns would do that. I'm just simply telling you that's the kind of player. So if there's a a player who a team looked at and said, yeah, we got to sign him like they did last offseason, and then he disappointed, DeAndre Ayton. You know, there's a number of guys out there, but that's the kind of contract you're doing. Or you put Poole with somebody and say, hey, I'll give you a you know, a young, you, know, you like Kaminga. Now, I, don't, I wouldn't want to do that, but I'm just simply saying you like Moody or you like whatever. You'd have to either attach somebody attractive with that player, pool, coming off what he's coming off of, or you do a swap of somebody who's disgruntled, too. That's the only two ways you're moving Poole. People have a, fans have a distorted opinion of what their own players are. Jordan Poole is flawed. Jordan Poole, especially given what Joe Lacob is going to have to pay in luxury taxes, he doesn't want him. I never, I don't, I don't, I don't know that for a fact. I didn't talk to him, but the way he played, mm-mm. he's not a centerpiece. He's not a a player that, when they looked at the beginning of the season and said, we can do both, we can win and we can develop. And the develop part was Poole, Kaminga, Wiseman, right? Those were the young guys. Wiggins could even fit into that. He could, he could be on both sides of that fence. Not anymore. They tried to they traded James Wiseman for GP two and we'll get into that in the in the future part of this uh, of the episode tonight. But look, they blew it. I I wasn't for the GP two trade long before. If you go back to any of my podcasts, any of my shows on KBR, this isn't because the season failed. It's just that's a trade right away that you were going to regret. James Wiseman came into the league at 19 with three college games. You think he was going to be good by his second year? Then he had a bunch of injuries. So, yeah, they had to move him, but when he was in Detroit, I couldn't really tell because he played all the time, but Detroit sucked. So I don't know how he's going to be able to contribute to a winning team. Everybody thinks that numbers contribute. There's an old thing years and years and years ago. We're doing this on the Lockdown Podcast Network. David Locke actually came up with this. It was called the Tony Campbell Rule. When you're on a really bad team, somebody's got to score, somebody's got to get numbers, somebody's got to get stats. The point of somebody actually being a quality NBA player is do it on a winning team. Be a contributor on a winning team. I don't know that James Wiseman can do that, but the point is is that why it was a wasted year on Wiseman and you blew apart this whole future thing and you didn't play Kamingan enough and Moody in the playoffs showed that he can play. Where was he in the regular season? I'm not saying it's on him. I'm saying it's on the organization. They've got to answer some questions here. They didn't have a good season developing players. Steve Kerr didn't have a good season as a coach. This whole this whole thing of, and we'll get into this in season review, but this whole thing of, ah, you know, that's what we do. We turn the ball over. Ah, you know, that's what we do. We take dumb shots. No, 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 no. Not when near margin of error is the way that it is. You've got to coach that out of them. You've got to develop players. It was like Kaminga would make a mistake, and he was relegated to the bench. DeFincenza would make a mistake, and he'd get another chance. Moody didn't really make mistakes. I don't know what why they didn't play Moody, why they didn't have confidence in Moody. Why was Anthony Lamb playing all season long, and then you didn't play him in the playoffs, but you played Moody? Why didn't you play Moody the minutes that you gave to Lamb? (sighs) So, no one's, you know, they're going to scapegoat Jordan Poole, and and if they can trade him, they're going to trade him. But there's a lot of blame to go around. Just saying. We'll get into that in a minute in season review. And then the last part of the Warriors offseason, top left, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, and thanks so much for tuning in, whether you're doing it on the YouTube channel or on the uh, podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, and remember to listen to my KNBR show, kbr 680, KBR.com, in the San Francisco Bay Area from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I am on YouTube, Twitch on both of those as well, so you can check that out. But this whole notion of you owe Steph Curry, and I think you do. I think you owe Steph Curry to put the best team around him that you possibly can. But it doesn't mean because Chase Center is the house that Curry built, it doesn't mean that you have to go further and further and further into debt and keep paying the league these luxury tax numbers if you don't feel like you can field a competitive team. So they owe Curry, and here's what's going to be really interesting, and I'll show you the contracts in just a second. But they do owe Curry to make the best or put the best team around him. But they don't. that, That doesn't mean you have to pay Draymond Green. That doesn't mean you have to give him a 60 or 70 or $80 million contract and continue to pay this when you don't think you can win a championship. So, yeah, they owe Curry, but they, there's a, there's a line to what they owe him too. And he signed a long-term contract, and they want to keep him around, and I they, I, I think he's going to be in one uniform the rest of his life. They are, are indebted to him, but not to an extent where they have to pay $500 million in taxes. I don't think. Give me your thoughts. All right, season review. Steve Kerr at the end of the Uh, lost to the Lakers, said they maxed out. They maxed out their potential this year. Eh, I don't know if I would say that, but okay. Uh, We know about this, the road. They couldn't win on the road. They couldn't close out teams. It just wasn't the Warriors. It was was head-scratching all season long. But I did say many, many times, both on the podcast, the YouTube show, and the KNBR show, that I was going to ride with these guys. I was going to be the violin player on the Titanic because I just feel like, They've earned it. You know, they've got enough equity built in the closet, built up in the closet, that they've earned this whole thing. And you know what? Had they played better in the at times they could have in that Lakers series, and really at the beginning I thought they're going to beat the Lakers. I just I saw a lot of matchup advantages throughout the whole thing. I think Wiggins getting hurt at the end. All, you know, there's a number of things that happened. They could not shoot in L.A. They've never been able to shoot in L.A. at that place. With the theater lighting, I don't know what it is about it, I'm sure that, you know, I, I didn't watch the press conferences because the game was so disgusting and it was a Friday night and was like, I'm not watching this. But they just couldn't shoot in L.A. I mean, Clay, Curry, you know, everything else. And, and look, everybody's up for criticism. Just because Steph Curry is one of the greatest players of all time and the greatest shooter of our generation doesn't mean when he has an off night you go, wow, that was ugly. It just was. the whole They couldn't hit anything. It was unbelievable. So, the road, the closing out, I already went through the old and tired. I hate that. I just hate it. I hate the tired excuse it's, you know, to me, it's BS. We know too much. Guys are playing, you know, if, if you're, why did guys sit out all season long? Why, why all over the league did guys say, oh, you know, the man, you know, they playing all these, playing low minutes, right? Why? Because then guys got in the playoffs and they got hurt anyway. I'm completely confused by all of it. We have all this information and yet injuries aren't down. Guys are playing less. Right, load management, load management, you load management all year long, and now you can't play more minutes in the playoffs. I don't get it, but it is what it is. Uh, I mentioned trading Wiseman, and at the beginning of the year, it was all about we can do two things at once. And they, a 19 years old was this guy. He played three college games, and he had a bunch of injuries. You thought he was going to be, you thought he was going to be fine right away, and you didn't give him a chance anyway. He lost his confidence. Play him 15 minutes a night. Play him 12 minutes a night. Give him a specific role. I know they tried to do that, and some of this is on James, but a lot of it's on the organization. He didn't have any patience. He said to hell with it and traded for GP2, who was hurt and never really became himself. You'd see spurts of it in the playoffs. You'd see spurts of it, but probably as, well, already now it's a regrettable trade, and Joe Lacob has been on record to say it was really, really tough. I guarantee Joe probably didn't want to make the trade. And then the second part, and I know there was financial implications, blah, blah, blah. You drafted the guy, too. You're hardly ever there. You're going to be there in about five years, but you're hardly ever there now. You have this great opportunity. And I don't want to go back to LaMelo Ball or whoever they could have gotten to Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, whoever you could have gotten at that point, yeah, sure. We can go back and we can play revisionist history, but the reality is you needed to be patient. And they didn't develop Kaminga because they didn't play him enough and they lost uh, faith in him, and then he gets relegated to the bench. Other young players don't. They never played Moses Moody until the playoffs, but then Anthony Lamb could play in the regular season, but not in the playoffs, and Moses Moody couldn't play in the regular season, but he did play in the playoffs. Well, that shows who you trust. You got to play Moody. You got to develop. You drafted these guys, and they told Kaminga, you made one mistake, sorry, and they told Moses Moody, we won't even, we're not even looking your way down the bench. I, I just, they, I, I don't get any of it. I get it. They made mistakes. You drafted them. They were young. Moses Moody played one year. Kaminga played for the G League. James Wiseman played three games in college. How do you think they were going to come in? Got to play him at some point. Because here's what happens: Draymond Green's going to opt out of this contract. Nobody's ready to it. Now I'm not saying that anybody would be ready to assume that role, but you're not going to have that kind of a player again. But these players should be developed now. You know, maybe Wiseman not to his fullest extent, but James Wiseman's a you know is a double double every night. Now he's going to make mistakes, no doubt. But you drafted man. You drafted a guy that had three college games. You knew what you were getting into. Same thing, you know, Moody came out after one year, although I I don't see the flaws in Moody. I mean, I'm not saying he's a perfect guy, but he should have played ahead of Anthony Lamb all season long. I don't get it. So they've got to take some of that, that blame, and now there isn't a future. Because Jordan Poole's future is murky. He was supposed to be that guy. And Wiseman's gone. And you haven't developed Kaminga. I think he's probably lost his confidence. I bet he asked for a trade. Not that they would, but who knows. So, that's all falling apart. And then the last part of the uh, season in review is the margin for error. And this is where, again, I will, you know, Steve Kerr is a hell of a coach. He's a great coach. Greatest coach in Warriors history. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Combine his basketball, the things that he won, championships with the Spurs and the Bulls. And then what he's done with the Warriors, he's awesome. He's an awesome guy, everything. But in the, this wasn't his greatest season because continuing to hear that he couldn't figure it out, continuing to hear that there were, you know, there's the turnovers and the bad shots and all the different things. You At some point, you have to get your team together and say, love all you guys. You guys are all veterans. You've all earned this. Saying over and over and over again that, yeah we're just going to let these guys go, man. This is what they do. But the margin for error shrunk. So you, no matter what, we all have you know, I've managed people before in radio. You have tough employees, you gotta sit down with them, and you gotta get change at them, you gotta find the way. I know Draymond Green, you know it all. I know Steph, you're the greatest. I know Clay, you're one of the best shooters of all time. But you gotta sit down with these guys and go, look, the margin of error has shrunk. Stop with the turnovers, which they can when they focus. They do. You know, the shots within the context of the offense. If you want to take a heat check every once in a while, that's fine. But as Steph gets older, as Clay gets older, those those tough, those really high or low percentage shots that you're taking, less of those. Like everybody has to adapt, everybody. That's the way that life works. So quit, quit. It's not the Harlem Globe Globetrotters. The whole thing he says about a single and not a home run as far as the pass, you've got to do that. That's got to be the way. So they didn't they didn't really do that during the season. They didn't they didn't rein in any of that stuff. They didn't develop players. They came in sixth. They got blown out in the second round and almost lost in the first round. Steve Kerr is awesome, but he had a bad year. He had a bad year. The organization had a bad year. And you know what? They played deep into June. They started in Japan. You know, guys take the offseason, a bunch of endorsements. That's what comes with winning. They're very busy. So, I mean, I get it. There's excuses and explanations. Some are excuses. Some are explanations. They didn't have a good season. It's bottom line. And that's why they're in the predicament they're in now. So now, what now? Bottom left, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, what now? I told you, Green, uh, Draymond Green is opting out. $27.5 million. <clears throat> There's not a ton of teams with cap room. Uh, Detroit is one of them. And I don't know, you know, they're a, an extremely young team. Think James Wiseman wants to see Draymond Green again? Probably not. So I don't know. I mean, everybody always connects home with players. Hey, everybody wants to go home. No, they don't. I don't want to go home. I'm good where I am. You know Kevin Durant's had opportunities. He's from the D.C. area. Has he ever gone? Has he ever considered D.C.? No. Aaron Judge could have come home to the Giants. Did he? No. You know, after a while, you live in a place and that becomes your home, and then you want to go home and keep that separate from where you live. So not it, it, there's this whole illusion of wanting to go home. Some guys do. Some guys don't. LeBron James was drafted home. He left in Miami. He went back home. Left again. You know, it's, it's this illusion of home. Oh, this guy's from here. He wants to go home. Maybe he hated that place. Maybe he likes it to be separate because that's what it is. I mean, Tom Brady wanted to come home to the 49ers at one point. 49ers didn't want him. I mean, it's just sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's great to be home, sometimes it's not. So, anyway, um, I don't know that Drake that Draymond Green would go to Detroit. They don't seem far enough along. Now, there are certain teams that make a whole lot of sense. The Kings could use a guy like Draymond Green, but are the Warriors going to do a sign-in trade with the Kings and their own division, a team that they're going to fight with in the West over the next couple of years? Probably not. Uh, I I think he wants to go to the Lakers. I mean, I've never seen Draymond on his podcast defend the other team as much as he did Anthony uh, Davis with the concussion, uh, with LeBron James. Um, There's been a lot of rumors that he would go down to the Lakers or would like to go down to the Lakers. They don't have a cap room. So is there somebody on the Lakers you want? Would the Warriors do that? with the team that just knocked him out of the playoffs? Highly unlikely. So yeah, you know, look, there are teams that make sense for him. There's no question about it. The Portland Trail Blazers, if they kept during, if the one thing about the Blazers, we'll get into this in Western Conference. If Damian Lillard wants to stay in Portland, he's got to get a big time upgrade. Well, Portland's been after Draymond Green forever, but again, are you gonna are you gonna make the Blazers better? Now again, if you look at what they have on their team, and you say to yourself, you know what, we wouldn't have Draymond Green, but we'd have a couple of young players, and we could get back into that mode. Of young and compete. I don't know. Maybe there are some players like that. Maybe they would sign and trade Draymond Green if they could get certain players in return. I doubt it. But the teams that make the most sense to me are all in your division, and certainly all are in the Western Conference: the Kings, the Lakers, and the Blazers. Those three teams make the most sense. If I'm the Warriors, I'm not trading Draymond Green to any of those teams. Doesn't he, so he can knock me out of the playoffs. But again, that tax bill is big, so who knows? And I don't. And and Detroit will have cap room. I just don't think they're ready to win not to the level that Draymond Green wants to win. And if Draymond Green isn't winning, Draymond Green's not fun to be around. And I don't think, I mean, I don't know that James Wiseman has a has a vote in the process, but James Wiseman certainly wouldn't want Draymond Green, I don't think. Didn't think, seem like it went very well. Uh, let me look at the Western Conference. Of In fact, you know what, let me do before, Yeah, you know, let me look at the Western Conference and then I'll do the contracts. But this is the Western Conference. And what I did very simply, and you can agree or disagree with this, but I put, uh, I shaded teams green that I think are ascending. Uh, the yellow, I, I'm i not sure. And the red are descending. All right, so if you look at the Denver Nuggets, they won 53 games. I think they're better than that. Um, the Lakers could beat them in the Western Conference, but uh, Jokic is not going anywhere. Murray's not going anywhere. Porter's not going anywhere. I think that they can get better. Uh, so I put them there. Memphis with the latest in John Morant, I have no idea and they're not going to bring back a couple of pieces there. It's already been talked about, uh, Dylan Brooks being that. uh, The Sacramento Kings clearly are ascending. The Phoenix Suns are at a crossroads. Uh, They're not going to bring back Monty Williams, and it's dependent on what they can put around Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Are they going to move Chris Paul's contract? Is that a movable contract? Uh, What can they get in return for Chris Paul? Disgruntled guy in weird situations. So what are the the Suns going to do? DeAndre Ayton is a guy that – Probably has played his last game in Phoenix. What are they going to do with him? The Clippers, I put it in, in, the, in the yellow zone because I don't know what's going on with Kawhi's health. I don't know what's going on with Paul George's health. Uh, around them, they've got some guys who play really, really hard, and I like Tyron Lue as a head coach, but can those guys ever get healthy? Uh, I think you would agree if we go down to six that the Warriors are a descending team, not an ascending team. They're getting older. Uh, Maybe they can pull something off this offseason. By the way, is Bob Myers going to return? Sorry, I'm this late into the podcast, and I just said that the first time, I believe. The Lakers are ascending, and the only reason I say that is, while LeBron, I think, has another year or two, he wants to play with Bronny. I'm not convinced is going to be an NBA player, but whatever. Um, He still can do what he can do, and Anthony Davis is there, and they put a lot of good players around him, and they're young enough players that I think they could get better with more time together you realize their starting lineup, the Lakers before the playoffs only played 13 games together because they were mostly gone. So the guys who started the games in the Western Conference semifinals against the Warriors had only come into that before the playoffs with only 13 games together. So they'll probably get better. I don't know what Minnesota uh, is going to be, is going to do, and going to be. Uh, not a fan of the Rudy Gobert trade. New Orleans, it's all dependent on whether Zion can get healthy, and I don't know that he can. Uh, Oklahoma City is probably the biggest long-term threat in all of the Western Conference. Chet Holmgren comes back, the second overall pick of the draft from Gonzaga, and they were tough at the end of the season. And they add him. Uh, Dallas, if they bring back Kyrie, I have no idea how long is Luke gonna stay there. Utah clearly, the, Danny Ainge is trying to collect draft picks. Portland, I don't know what they're gonna be. I have a feeling that Damian Lillard's gonna move on. It just seems to me that Portland can't be, put enough around him, and he's get he's given him every chance to put better players around him. He's, he, he's said numerous times, I want to stay, I want to stay, I want to stay, I want to stay, but he also wants to win. And they don't seem to be putting enough around him. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Damian Lillard and started to rebuild there with a lot of picks, players, young players, et cetera. Houston's got to be ascending, I would think. And then San Antonio, I have no idea. And a lot of that depends when, with San Antonio, Houston, the bottom teams right there. Are they going to get Victor Wumbayama? Because if they get the seven foot five Frenchman, all of a sudden the Rockets, the Spurs, you know, whomever, Eastern Conference bottom like Detroit, all of a sudden those teams have a green mark by him because that kid's supposed to be really good. And I don't know what he's going to be, but he seems like he could be one of those franchise-changing players. All right, so let me look at the contracts for the words. Let me give you this. All right, so and again, I green coded guys who I think are going to stay. I put a red mark by guys who I don't think. And in Wiggins' case, I put a green and a yellow. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, I'll explain that in a minute. But this is the roster right now. right? These are guys under contract. Steph Curry next year at almost $52 million. He's not going anywhere. Green, in the green. Klay uh, Thompson in the green, not because, and I, I know you don't want to hear this, not necessarily that they wouldn't move him, especially given that he's gotten older. And he had a good regular season, but he was terrible down in the, uh, in the Lakers series for the most part. He makes forty-three million dollars next year. No one's going to trade for that contract, and I don't think the Warriors are going to give him an extension. Nor do they think uh, do I think they should. Uh, Earlier, there was talk in the playoffs that Clay wanted a max extension. Clay did not deny it, but also Clay said that it was not the time to talk about it. He's not getting a max extension. There's no way he's getting a max extension. Just he's not that player. I love Clay. I love what he's done. He's a great guy. Uh, I've I've done things with him in events. I mean, he he's the best. He, exactly what you see is what he is. He's the best. He's awesome. But it's like talking about Steve Kerr. He didn't have a good year this year. Clay, Clay Thompson, good year, not a great playoffs. Descending player. You can't give that player a max contract. You can't do thank you contracts in the NBA. You just can't do it. I think he'll end up uh, as a Laker at the end of his career as a sharpshooter. I think that's what he's going to do. Uh, Go down there, Michael's down there, that's where he's from. I could see Klay Thompson as a Laker, finishing up with the Lakers. Uh, Jordan Poole, as you look at that contract right there, $123 million, and it kicks in next year with a base salary of 27.5 and a total cap figure of 28.7. Again, if they can move that, they'll move that. I really believe that. Uh, Culturally, he just doesn't seem to be a fit. He's kind of of a goofball. I I got nothing against uh, Jordan Poole. But, again, I'm not saying it's DeAndre Ayton, but I'm saying Ayton is a scapegoat in Phoenix. There's a you know, number of guys you could look at, make similar money, who just got new contracts. Would Could Jordan Poole be moved? And you just call it a you know change of environment kind of a thing. Needed a new setting. That's what Jordan Poole needs. There's players around the league that need that, so that's the kind of contract you'd get back. You're not getting a superstar. You're not getting a young player. You're not getting anybody without flaws. Jordan Poole is flawed. He's going to bring back a player who's flawed. But hopefully, it's a better fit. Uh, Draymond Green, we've talked about ad nauseum throughout the podcast. He's—I don't think he's going to opt into that twenty-seven point five eight six. He's probably going to get three and sixty, three and 70, 3 and seventy-five from somebody, which again may not is not the AAV of twenty-seven and a half, but it's more money over a few years. And then I think he'll ride off into the sunset and be on Turner. I don't know if the Warriors are going to be the team to give him that contract. Maybe, maybe, maybe. You do some sort of a sign-and-trade, get him to the East, and you get a couple of useful players who maybe are not Draymond Green but are players that can help you because you have Steph Curry and you feel like you owe Steph Curry. Uh, The reason I put a green and a yellow under Andrew Wiggins' future is because if you look at cash remaining guaranteed, it's at $109 million. Again, let's go back to Joe Laca. They like Andrew Wiggins. I like Andrew Wiggins. He was hurt, had family issues, not his greatest year, but at times you could see it. He flashed in the playoffs, but he has $109 million remaining on his contract. So if somebody called and there was some sort of a move they could make, Andrew Wiggins, just because of the amount of money that he makes, might be a guy that you'd involve in a deal. Not saying it's going to happen. I'm simply saying that when Joe Lacob looks at the ledger here and sees all the tax money he owes for a team that got knocked out in the second round, The fact that Andrew Wiggins has $109 million remaining on his contract is going to make him attractive to move. Uh, Gary Payton II, he probably makes more than what he's worth. I was never a proponent of that trade. I've said it over and over and over again. He did show flashes in the playoffs. He's not worth it, I don't think. I like him, nothing against him. Good defender, maybe he'll be better next year. But the reason why the... Warriors in the first place didn't want to re-sign Gary Payton the second was financial. And I would imagine if they could move him, they would. I don't think they can, so he'll be back. Kevon Looney clearly will be back. Uh again, he just doesn't, you know, for what he contributes, 7.5 million dollars is nothing. He's got a couple of years left. Kaminga, I did the same thing, green and yellow. I think you keep Jonathan Kaminga, there's no question, but you've got to say we're playing this guy. You've got to commit to this guy. I would not be shocked in the slightest if he asks for a trade or if his agent asks for a trade and he's frustrated. That doesn't mean you're going to trade a guy. Uh, he doesn't make very much money. He makes $6 bucks. He's still on his rookie deal, obviously. They don't know if he can play. I don't know if he can play. I don't know if he can play consistently. I mean, I've seen flashes, and he's very athletic, and there's different things, and you know, I, I, I think he's improved, but they, this staff doesn't seem to trust him. They have to next year. They have no choice, and they need to find out what they have in the guy. Quit benching him. Just tell him you're going out there, man. You make a mistake, fine. You screw up, fine. We, you know, not fine, but we're keeping it in the lineup. So again, I put green yellow there just because he could probably bring you if, if again you go well, we owe Steph. He could bring you a big piece as a part of a deal. He might be able to bring you a big piece. He might be able to if you're saying, hey, we're gonna move Jordan Pool, and somebody says, okay, we'll take Pool, but we want Kaminga. You probably have to consider it. I wouldn't, but I'm telling you, you have to consider it. And again moving some of these contracts is going to be part of this offseason because they don't want this luxury bill for a team that's losing in the second round. Dante DiVincenzo, $4.7 million on a player option. He can make more than that elsewhere. He's going to he's going to move, again, maybe not on an AAV, although i, I got to believe he's over $5 million a year, and the Warriors can't afford it. Moses Moody, I don't think, is going anywhere. Again, if there's a team that would take somebody and like Moody, I guess he could be part of a deal, but I doubt it. Moody, uh, vastly underrated, should have been played more than in the regular season. Patrick Baldwin Jr. doesn't make much. We don't know what Ryan Rollins is. So those guys are going to be there. Again, the green mark guys that I have on the uh, YouTube channel I've got there, and then the guys that uh, that are red and yellow, you understand. It's like a stoplight. It's not that complicated. You understand all of that. And then let me just do one quick look at overall view. Here we go. And there's the overall view. So that's what I'm talking about with all these contracts. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, Steph Curry, 4215. Uh Klay Thompson, 5189. Poole, 4-128. Wiggins, 4-109. Draymond Green has finished up a 4, basically 100 GP2s going in the second year of a 326. Kaminga going in the third year of a 424. Looney going into the second year of a 322 and a half. Moody going into the third year of a four and seventeen million. So I mean, you start looking at these numbers, not those last few guys, but it's it's extremely top heavy. Joe Lacob's going to try to move some contracts. I don't think there's any doubt about it. He's going to try to move some contracts. That's huge numbers for a team that got knocked out in the second round, and he's not going to he's not going to pay for it. He's going to make moves, and so I look. Do I expect it to be absolutely bananas and crazy? It rarely is. But when you're trying to make a transition and still say, okay, Steph, we get it. We know what you've done. But too rich to sign Draymond. Maybe we move him and we get some pieces back. Jordan Poole doesn't fit. Doesn't fit the atmosphere. Doesn't fit what we're trying to build here. Doesn't fit on the court. We'll get a couple of pieces back. There's going to be a flawed contract that comes back. Do we got to include Moody? Do we got to include Kaminga? They they don't want to. But again, one of the reasons why they traded James Wiseman, I was never for it, but they're saving a bunch of money. So if they do it with Wiseman, would they do it with Kaminga? Would they do it with Moody? Would they take some players in? Do they owe Steph Curry? That's why the offseason is so complicated, because you've already kind of blown up the future, and you're going with the now, but the now is telling you that this isn't a team that is going to win a championship, and let me just pop up the West one more time. I mean, if we look at this thing next year, Denver, Memphis, SAC, if the Suns make the right moves, if the Clippers are healthy, I mean, there's a lot of ifs. Where are the Lakers? You know, I don't know about the Pelicans. I don't think Oklahoma City's quite ready. I mean, could they win this conference next year if they just stay together? I don't think so. I don't think so. And this is what this is what Joe Lacob has to look at. Not with my dumb scribbling on it. But Joe Lacob has to look at the Western Conference next year and be realistic and say, can we beat the Lakers? Can we beat the Suns with Durant? They have a whole year to play together. Are the Kings how much better are the Kings gonna do or are gonna be? What are they gonna do with offseason moves? What's going on? You know, Denver, let's see how they do against the Lakers. But can we ascend to the top of this conference? And the question is probably no. It's an older team. They really don't want to play in the regular season. Where they ended up this year at 44 and 38 and 6th, that's probably where they're going to end up next year with this team. So it's now that you've got these assets, Draymond Green is an asset that you could move and get better. Jordan Poole is an asset to certain teams and again, I don't know that you could get better, but you could, because you're going to take a bad contract back or you may have to move a contract you don't want to move, but maybe it's a better fit. That makes sense? When you move a certain guy, everybody was upset about Monte Ellis when he moved, ah, and you got Andrew Bogan, went, ah, oh, he's always hurt, but he was a better fit. You know, and then you got Klay Thompson in the starting lineup. Like, those are the kind of things. Move some guys so Jonathan Kamingo can play. So you don't have to move him, you know, all those different things. Maybe it's a different construction and you miss and you don't have Draymond and you're thinking, ah, you know, but it may fit better together. And that's what they need to start looking at around here. And then the final point that I have is I don't know what's going to happen with Bob Myers. Adrian Wojnarowski came on on Sunday on ESPN and said, Bob's conflicted. He's 50-50. And look, I'm not saying I know Bob Myers well, but I know him because I used to have him on a show every single week. And I think the thing he's probably conflicted on is, man, I love these guys. And I'm asking these guys to, to play hard and to work hard and to give us everything they have every single year. And now I'm contemplating leaving these guys. He loves these guys. So I think that's part of it. And the other part of it is I knew Bob Myers in Portland when he was Brandon Roy's agent, former Portland Trailblazers all-star guard. He was a great agent. What that tells you is Bob Myers just isn't one of those NBA lifers that says, I'm going to be a GM for life. You know, he was an agent. He was a player. There's all sorts of things. Bob could do a ton of things in his life. Yeah, a lot of people could. But Bob Myers could do a lot of things. He doesn't have to be a general manager of the Warriors, and I'm sure he's been compensated well. The other side of me, though, says, hmm, maybe he just hasn't gotten the right contract offer yet because he could be sitting around because this is an interesting dynamic that they have in this front office. Kirk Lakeup, Joe Lakeup, Mike Dunleavy, uh, Bob Myers, all the different guys that they have, and it's a collaborative effort. And maybe Bob wants to go to run his own show. You know, maybe Bob wants to get about, I, I have no idea, but it's everybody kind of contributing and maybe, you know, Bob's not a big ego guy, but maybe Bob wants to run his own shit. Now, you know, again, he's from here. He likes it here. Or maybe the number just hasn't come up yet. And Joe Lacob says, geez, we got all these guys. You're not like you're our GM, but you know what I mean? There's a bunch of different guys in here. So eh, maybe I don't want to pay you that. So I'm paying all these luxury taxes. I mean, to me, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, he just hasn't come up with a number yet. You know, that's when you're wishy-washy, right? Like, geez, I love these guys, but, Dan, yeah, I want to move on. And then, oh, what about this number? Like, have you ever had that happen in, in your career where all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this? And then they come up with a number, and you go, God, I'm kind of feeling it now. I mean, that, it, that just makes logical sense to me that, you know, Bob's kind of wishy-washy about it, which tells me they haven't come up to the number that he thinks he's worth. And – it's tough because they're in a different situation. There are guys who are clearly in charge. Period. This is where it stops. I don't see that as the Warriors with Bob Myers because it's a collaborative effort. So and I forgot Steve Steve Kerr's name. Steve Kerr is in there, Joe Lacob's in there, Kirk Lacobs in there, Mike Dunleavy's in there. I'm missing guys, I'm sure. Bob Myers is in there. So it's just it's all these guys and then they come to a kind of a a consensus on things. And a lot of times, especially with the big decisions, it's it's Joe Lacop that makes the big decision, like, okay, I'll financially do this, all right, fine, I'll bring back GP2. You know, I'll, I'll burden that that number, because we think we can, you know, and then it didn't work out. So I don't know what Bob's going to do. And I do think it's a big deal, because Bob Myers not only is the general manager by title, but you can tell he's got a unique relationship with all these guys. And if you don't have Bob Myers, I, again, I don't know how the dynamics completely work within the organization, behind closed doors, but I, it looks to me like Bob Myers – can relate to a lot of these players, especially Draymond Green. When he came down, remember when he came down earlier this season, was like talking to Draymond? You know, he's a big part of this whole thing. So if they lose him, it's a big loss. And that's when things start chipping away at a team. Okay, you lost that guy, you lost that guy, you lost a player, you lost a front office guy. That's all about the culture of the Warriors. So that's a big part of this offseason as well is what Bob Myers is going to do. But like I said, I think it might come down to dollars and cents with Bob and they they just haven't come to his number. So, give me your thoughts on all that stuff. That was a lot of information, but from Lakeup's money to Dre to Poole to Curry uh, to the season itself, trading Wiseman, margin for error shrinking. What's going to happen? Look at the West. Look at the contracts. Playing, coming, like, this is a really complicated offseason. And it comes down to what direction are you going to go and how much do you owe Steph Curry? Steph, we owe it to you to keep it together. Or, I'm sick of these luxury taxes for a team that lost in the second round. And I'm not saying they're going to blow it up, but maybe it's some middle ground on that. We're not going to pay all these guys, but we're still going to try to be competitive. So give me your thoughts of the offseason. Who do you keep? Who do you trade? Who do you trade pool for? You're not going to get just this great, flawless diamond. Oh, we got that guy for pool. Awesome. It's going to be somebody who's flawed too, but maybe fits better. Give me your thoughts. Warriors are done. What do they do in the offseason? Complicated. Hit me up at John Lund Radio on Twitter. Any thoughts, questions, comments, agree, disagree? Thank you for listening on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and of course right here on the YouTube channel and KNBR 680 in San Francisco and KNBR.com. It's John Lund, Unleashed, Bay Area Sports Talk, only on the Locked On Podcast Network.